2: And welcome on into the show. What's up, New Orleans? Across the Gulf South. And are you listening wherever you are? Across the world at WWL.com and the radio.com app. Good to be back. Battling a little, little sickness the last couple of days. Weird. I don't, usually don't get sick in the summer, but um, it's past me. And now we're ready for camp. It's like one of those things. Uh, but get that past me. And then I want to be ready for camp. And now I'm ready for camp. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling back to it. I was out at Saints camp today. Uh, chatting with all uh, our friends in the media out there, and more importantly, listening to Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis say some very interesting things, mainly about the Michael Thomas contract negotiations. That is topic A, of course, today in Houdat Nation, across Houdat Nation. Michael Thomas holding out, has not shown up for training camp, and that would technically be a holdout. Some people I saw on social media, oh, it's not a holdout yet. He didn't say he was holding out. Well, when he <laughs> doesn't show up for camp, uh, it's a holdout. We'll hear from Mickey Loomis a lot on that in hour number one. Doug Muton will join us a little bit later. And the the needs of balancing the now against the needs of balancing well, the needs of the future, I should say, very interesting in these negotiations, because that's what it's about. In an uncapped league, or if you're just trying to win now and don't care about two, three, four years down the, the road, we just give Michael Thomas whatever he wants, make sure he shows up, and we're all good for this championship run. But that's not quite how it works. Hour number two, we will unveil our first ever. NFL Power 12 rankings. This is pre-camp version. Now, I will change these and revise these before the season, but this is an early look at the 12 teams, the dozen teams that I think are going to make the playoffs. We'll do that in hour number two. NFL headlines and Kevin Boyler of 247 Sports, 247 Sports, will give us a little uh, NFC South in league-wide preview. Plus, yes, we will return to it today because I wasn't on the air yesterday. We'll talk the intense debate That erupted this week, mainly on social media, about the LSU funding disparity between their athletics and their academic programs. And I know a lot of you will want to sound off on that, a lot of you very angrily sounding off on Twitter about that, on both sides of that topic. Carter Bryant's on the show today. We'll talk about all these things, little sports libs, and you will hear in full, if you missed it, and a lot of you did, Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis, their full press conferences. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll today. And I guess this has a little or a lot to do with the Michael Thomas contract negotiations, or at least Michael Thomas's future here in New Orleans. Well, if he's not with Drew Brees, is he going to be as productive as he was with Drew? Probably not. So would he be worth that $20, 21000000 million a year that he wants? Will this be Drew Brees' final season? That's our poll at WWL.com and the radio.com app. Phone lines are open the first half hour if you want to weigh in on the Michael Thomas situation, 504-260-1870, and our text line is 870-870. Here's my take on the Michael Thomas contract, and, and those of you who listen to the show, I should say the holdout, and those of you who listen to the show for a while, you might think, well, I know how Seth feels about this, considering – I've said many times, if I'm a general manager, I'm not giving any wide receiver $20 million. I'm not giving any wide receiver 10% plus of the salary cap. I'm just not. And there's a lot of actual general managers in the league, not fantasy general managers like me, who believe the same thing. That you hamstring yourself with contracts like that. Or have also said Michael Thomas should want his money. He should want to be the highest paid receiver in the league. He should want $20, $21 million because... Well, frankly, he's been better than Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown the last couple of seasons, the two highest-paid receivers right now in the National Football League. I know Julio Jones is coming up for – is due for a new contract, an extension, but Michael Thomas is a better Julio Jones. I get that. But with Michael Thomas's holdout, I don't have a problem with it at all, 0% problem with it. And here's why. The precedent in the NFL has been set for a very long time. When you enter the final year of your contract, which Michael Thomas is – And you feel like you're underpaid and vastly underpaid, especially, which frankly, Michael Thomas is. You have every right to use that leverage and hold out and try to get a new contract. I've got zero problem with it. I understand why his bosses, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton would have a problem with him not showing up and would want him there. But I don't have a problem with it. I've seen a lot of fans who are kind of Heel-turning on Michael Thomas today. Oh, he's selfish. This isn't a team guy. You don't do this if you're a member of the New Orleans Saints. Well, that's bogus. Thomas deserves to look out for himself and for his bottom line. As far as how close they are to a deal, we're not quite sure. And well, Mickey Loomis didn't really shed too much light on that other than it didn't sound like they were all that close, that close as in this is eminent happening in the next couple of days. Here's Mickey Loomis on just how close they might be. Yeah, and that hasn't happened yet. Not close, at least not close enough where it seems like this is going to get done soon. So how far apart might they be? Yeah, and I understand. Mickey Lewis is going to tell us exactly how close they are there. He's not going to shine any light or scuttle his negotiations by letting anything leak in that setting. But Mickey can be pretty straightforward if he... If they thought this was eminent, he wouldn't have been so expansive in some of his answers, in my opinion, at least what I've seen of him in these press conferences when he's gone through some similar things with Jimmy Graham or Drew Brees or other stars on this team. I don't think there's any reason to worry for all you Saints fans who believe and want Michael Thomas, A, in uniform when training camp begins, at least when the bulk of training camp begins. I know technically it started. But the first couple of days conditioning, after that, it's really just getting in the mode, almost mini-camp OTA mode. About four days in, you're really getting into the meat and potatoes of this. Should be there for that. Now, he also is going to be there before August 6th. He will be there before August 6th because, as Joe Curley said today on Sports Talk, illuminating this and enlightening us on this, I didn't know this. I don't think Bobby Christian or Deuce really knew this either. If Michael Thomas does not report to camp one full month before the first NFL game, and that would be August 6th, the first NFL regular season game, well, then it won't count as a year of service in the NFL. In other words, he wouldn't be an unrestricted free agent. This next year, he'd be a restricted free agent, which would really handcuff him in these contract negotiations if the Saints can just say, okay, go on the open market, see what you can get, and we're going to be able to match you. Maybe Thomas wouldn't mind that, but you got to think that he's going to show up before August 6th. Here's the text from the 504. Grossly underpaid the last three years. Make it right with him now. Spread it out like Drew's contracts. Well, I know this very well in contract negotiations I've had uh, throughout my career in various places. And I think anybody who's had any kind of contract negotiations or been a any kind of employee with a wage, which I would guess is most of you, you don't get retro pay when you're negotiating your new salary or hourly wage, you can't go into the negotiations and say, well, yeah, I did such great work last year. I think you need to make up for that. And I think I need all this back pay. Matter of fact, I want you to overpay me for the next four or five years because, well, hey, I was only making $7 an hour, ten fifty an hour or whatever it is. And that's not how it works. Maybe the unfortunate side of our society, perhaps? That's not how it works. They're not going to pay Michael Thomas more or overpay him just because he outperformed his initial contract. The reason Michael Thomas wanted to outperform that initial contract was, well, frankly, he wanted this mega deal that he's going to get. He's going to get that deal. We would assume it's here with the Saints. would be stunned if it wasn't here with the Saints, but... If it's not here with the Saints, it'll be somewhere else. It just will. We'll talk a lot about this this hour. Doug Mouton, bottom of the hour, WWL-TV Channel 4 sports director and anchor. Your call is coming up next. What do you think about this? Are you mad at Michael Thomas for holding out? You think everything will be A-OK? 504-260-1870. And our text line is 870-870. Seth Dunlap, Logan's behind the glass. It's the last lap on WWL. Well, Michael Thomas' moneymaker's hands, one of the best, and well, I guess by the numbers, the best first three seasons in the NFL of any wide receiver in history. And he's trying to get that money, trying to get paid. And in doing so, he has commenced a holdout, did not show up to Saints camp. I'm not worried about it. I completely stand with Michael Thomas on this. This is precedent in the NFL. If you feel like, Going into the final year of your contract, you're vastly underpaid. You hold out and try to get more money. He's not the first person, nor will he be the last. Now, somewhere like Ezekiel Elliott, he's got multiple years left on his contract. I think that's silly. I do. That's my view. Maybe the precedent down the road will be... Well, you just hold out any time. But the precedent hasn't been set like that. And I think what Ezekiel Elliott's doing is a bit silly. I don't think what Michael Thomas is doing is silly at all. Especially considering... He's in line and deserves to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL from a player's perspective, from Michael Thomas's perspective. I still would not give him that $20 million, but I understand why the Saints are going to do it. Here's a text from the 504. $19 million per year, five years, big spin, uh, signing bonus front-loaded. I do not think this deal will get done if the Saints don't go up to $20 million a year. I think yes. It is more of a symbolic number, $20 million, than anything else. Hitting that plateau, but symbolism does matter. And Michael Thomas will be able to say, A, I was the highest-paid receiver in the league, and B, I was the first-ever receiver to make an average of over $20 million a year. So he's holding out. I told you I'm not bothered by it, is Mickey Loomis bothered by it well he says he is it's not it's just a question of him wanting a contract he I'm sure wants to be with his teammates wants to be catching passes from his quarterback and that's the right attitude to have even though I'm siding with Michael Thomas on this if his bosses did not have that attitude if Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton and everybody else like oh it's fine I don't care that he's holding out no you (laughs) you want you want your your leaders your general manager and coach to be upset when a player doesn't show up even if it's warranted by precedent, like Michael Thomas's is, I got nothing bad to say about what Mickey Loomis and his views on this at all. In fact, Mickey Loomis says he wasn't—he's not mad at Thomas. It is just the way it is. You can't be mad at the player. This is a business negotiation, and we're not going to play all the bites from Mickey Loomis's conference here in hour number one. We will play his entire press conference in a ten o'clock hour. But he said multiple times, "Don't hold it against him." It is a cordial business discussion. I haven't gotten antagonistic or testy at all, the negotiations. It's just business. It is business. And like we remind you, and people remind us so much, the NFL is a business. It's a business from a player's perspective. It's a business from Mickey Loomis's perspective and, and the organization's perspective. Here's a text from the 504. Seth, from a fan perspective, I don't get the Thomas situation. If the Saints and the player knows that a possible holdout may occur... Why do both parties let it get this far and try to resolve it? If we need all hands on deck to win now, one of our best players is in a holdout. Don't get it. That's from Pat in Lakeview. And, well, here's why you should get it. In any negotiation, one of the ultimate kind of kicks in the rear to get something done is a deadline. Is time and when time dwindles, and time will start to dwindle and tick on this on both sides. Michael Thomas's side, he and his agent want to get this deal done likely before August 6th, or at least he'll be showing up to camp before August 6th, even if he decides, well, I'm gonna hold out later when the start of the regular season happens. If it doesn't if they don't get a deal done, that's because this won't count if he doesn't show up by August 6th of the year towards his league service. So he'd be a restricted, not an unrestricted free agent this next year. Even if he shows up, doesn't mean the contract needs to get done by then. Now, if it gets to the regular season and the Saints haven't gotten this done, then, unlike previously when Michael Thomas had a little bit of maybe a kick in the rear to get this done, the Saints want their receiver in uniform during this ridiculously tough first quarter of the season, the first four games. You don't have Michael Thomas out there. Watch out. And that receiving core that I had a little more high on than most people, well, you take Michael Thomas out of that, that changes my view on it very substantially. Speaking of wide receivers, we've talked about this so much on, on this program that a lot of organizations see those prohibitive, huge wide receiver contracts, and they have for the last 25 years plus of the salary cap era as a hindrance to you competing for championships and winning championships. It's never happened, in fact, with the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. You know, all the general managers know this by now. I had a chance to ask Mickey Lewis in this press conference, hey, do you take that into account when you're making a negotiation like this? And I knew that Mickey was going to be coy. He's not going to say anything again that's going to hamper his negotiation with Michael Thomas. But I did think it was interesting how he kind of demurred on this answer, kind of hummed and hawed a little bit. Listen to this. He's thought about it. Hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it, maybe. He's thought about it. And if he's a good general manager, and he is, it's one of the best, if not the best, in my view, in the National Football League, this is something that factors in to these negotiations. You know, maybe something will happen in the new CBA. Maybe the players get their way, and it's now a soft cap, and not a hard cap. They go to something like the NBA. So salaries will explode. Maybe there'll just be a bigger percentage of the pie going to players than before. And the salary cap goes way up, way over $2 million. Contracts will explode. But right now, it is a hard-capped league. And I, I just feel like I need to remind people about this constantly. From an organizational perspective, I understand why the Saints are so hesitant to just throw whatever they want at Michael Thomas. Because it might sound good today might sound good this year when you just want Michael Thomas out there as you're in this Super Bowl window. But in the NFL, you want to try to compete as many years as you can for a championship. You don't want two, three years of contention then have to go into a full rebuild. Well, you make bad contract decisions and salary cap decisions like the Saints did in the early and middle part of this decade. That's exactly what will happen. We'll take a break for news when we come back. Doug Mouton of WWL-TV Channel 4. He will join us. To talk about everything Saints here on The Last Lap. Well, the more money the league gets, seems like the more problems they have negotiating contracts with their players, which, well, I guess it's kind of like a reality show to watch from the inside out. Saints fans certainly a little worried right now. I understand why. One player didn't show up for camp, and that was Michael Thomas. He is now in a holdout as he negotiates that contract with the New Orleans Saints. I don't think you should be worried about this long-term, but it is very interesting to watch this play out. And, of course, that was topic A in these press conferences with Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton today. Let's bring on in Doug Mouton of WWL-TV Channel 4 to get his take on this. He's at WWL on Twitter. Doug, good to see you out there today, man.
1: The beardless Doug Mouton. Beardless, yeah. Well, my mom didn't like the beard, so the beard had to go. Um, yeah, it was a, some interesting stuff from both Sean Payton and Mickey I Actually, I'm writing a story for tonight at 10, and I just watched both of them again. And you hear it differently the second time sometimes. And it's just really interesting stuff. I agree with you. I don't think this plays out long term. I think it's done within a week. Um, but it's, it's interesting to watch the maneuverings in between.
2: Yeah, and you had a, you and I both asked Mickey Lewis multiple questions about this, and you could see that he's he's frustrated that Thomas isn't there. He understands it, but he's also trying to play that balancing act of well, the now, and you're in a championship window, Doug, in, well, what's going to happen two, three, four years down the road if I give this guy twenty two, twenty one million dollars a year?
1: No, sure. Although I think the Saints will. I don't know if it'll be twenty two or twenty one, but. I mean, it'll certainly be in the neighborhood of 20. Uh, And, look, I thought that was one of the more interesting things that Mickey Loomis said was when you asked him about the championship window, and he said, you know, he sort of admitted, and we know this anyway, but he sort of admitted we're in a win-now mode, which, you know, a lot of GMs aren't willing to say it quite as bluntly, but they have a 40-year-old quarterback. It was interesting to see him say that a lot of what they do with the salary cap and moves in the offseason are dictated by that basic philosophy right now. That is very interesting to hear right off the bat. But there was one other part that I just didn't get when I was out there, but heard it on the second time. Bobby was asking him about an August 6th deadline for when something changes. And Mickey Loomis legitimately not faking it. I mean, he's not an actor. He said, "He said, well, look, I'm worried about tomorrow. I really haven't thought that far down the line. Like, I, I don't think they have any... Uh, uh, belief that this thing is going to stretch into August, that it will be done before we get to the month of August, because that question about an August 6th deadline just seems so like you're talking about 10 years from now. You know what I mean? No. And I thought that was interesting too. I I think Mickey Loomis is, is pretty convinced or, and look, I'm speaking for him. He did not say this. But, but reading between the lines, I think he thinks it's going to be done in the next week.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it. And you've been here and covering this team during the entire uh, Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton era. And, yeah, the guys have held out and they've had – well, I should say guys have had these intense contract negotiations. Drew's done it before. They had one with Jimmy Graham. It's a little bit different. The fans are pointing this out um, that, well, it's different because the guy's not at camp now. And this doesn't usually happen with this team. Is it is it that different in your mind, Doug?
1: No, honestly, no, and 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 really, I, I I don't find a great negative side to anything Mike Thomas is doing. Look, I know a lot of people are going to say he's under contract, but this is all he can do. And, and I said I said this in at, at six o'clock on the news. I believe it to be true. I I think it gets done because it's in the most, in the best interest of both teams. And, and the factors are one, Mike Thomas obviously wants to be the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. But even if he was the second-highest, he's making $1 million now. He's the third-highest-paid receiver on the Saints roster right now, which is absurd. He's third on the Saints team. Um, so, look, he could suffer a debilitating injury this year. Football's an incredibly violent sport. It's in his best interest to get a contract done now where he can take care of his family for the rest of their lives and not play hopefully 19 more NFL games where you're risking injury and risking your career every time you go on the field, especially as hard as he plays. So it's in his best interest. It's also in the Saints' best interest. Are the Saints a Super Bowl team with Mike Thomas? Absolutely. Are they without Mike Thomas? I don't know because he is so a focal point of this offense. He's a guy you really can't do without. Mickey Loomis admitted today we're in a win-now mode. We can't wait. And – Because it's a win-now mode, you need to eliminate all distractions. And so it's in the Saints' interest to get it done because it eliminates the distraction, and it gets – the guy who I sincerely believe is the NFL's best wide receiver on the field with you now. So it's in both sides' best interest. The last report from Yahoo, which I see no reason not to believe, said the Saints were over $18 million and Thomas was looking for 20. Honestly, that does not seem like a great disparity to me. Um, maybe a tiny bit of it is uh, – the fact that Julio Jones is also holding out and they're trying to see what each other gets and you neither one wanna go first. I, I, I hope that's not what it is and, and it's probably not, but maybe. But all indications and neither Peyton nor Loomis said it, but read between the lines, I think it gets done in the next week and I think it will I think he will be the highest paid receiver in the NFL by this time next week.
2: It's almost like a game of chicken, Doug, right? With not only Mike and the Saints, but you mentioned Julio Jones there. Who who wants
1: to go first? Yeah, right, right. No question about it. But, but I I mean, you're you're not far apart, and it's in both of your best interests to get it done. I don't see how that doesn't get done. And Sean Payton did not, when asked about it, he said he was optimistic. And, like, he did not seem like a guy who thinks this is going to be a long-term problem.
2: Yeah, he's optimistic and uh, well so am I. I'm optimistic about a lot of things. We're talking to Doug Muton, sports director of WWL TV Channel for joining us. One of the things I'm always optimistic about this time of year, it's hard not to, just you know, the Saints and their chances this season. I always like to check myself, Doug, a little bit and say, okay, I want to step back outside the bubble. What am I what can I be pessimistic about? What could we be talking about in weeks, you know, fourteen, fifteen, going, oh, boy, things didn't go how they were supposed to, and this is why. I'm worried about the pass rush if Marcus Davenport doesn't make that big step this year. Is there any area this team whether that's pass rush or something else that you say okay this is I could be concerned about this. This might be if things don't go right the way the reason that it doesn't.
1: Well yeah yeah the the only thing that I say now look you could have multiple injuries at one position. If you lost Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara if you lost Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek and Larry Warford, yes, you can have combinations of injuries that could absolutely derail you. Obviously, that's a surprise to no one. To me, the only way this team doesn't make a run, and look, they made a run last year. They were were Super Bowl worthy and got phenomenally unlucky at the end. Um, But to me, the only thing that can... derail this team this year, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm saying this is the one thing you have to watch, is Drew Brees at 40. Last year, there's an NFL stat, one of the next generation stats that monitors how far a pass goes downfield and it gives you know every pass Mm -hmm. not not how far it gained but the actual distance of the pass and Drew Brees was 32nd in the NFL in yards downfield now granted part of that is you throw a disproportionate number of passes to Alvin Kamara He, he was third in the NFL in running back targets but the fact is Drew Brees did not throw the ball downfield very often if throwing the ball downfield for Drew Brees would become a real issue where he had genuine trouble doing that, then that would change the way defenses could play you, and that could be a thing that would really be a major effect on your team. That, that is the thing that could derail this team. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think Drew Brees is going to be just fine. It was spectacular last year. The interception rate was unbelievable. The completion percentage was unbelievable. But I do think if, if there were one thing that I would say I would want to keep an eye on, it's that I think Marcus Davenport is going to be a star. And I think he might be a star this year. I am not worried about the defensive line as much as other people are. Um, to me, the one thing that would derail the team is if Drew Brees is not Drew Brees. Well, to me, that's it.
2: Would it assuage your fears and concerns if I told you that uh, Drew Brees, even on those limited attempts downfield, he was the highest rated quarterback last year in the NFL on oh, throws no. 20, sure. 20 yeah, plus so. yards down the field? I think it was like 100, 120 rating or something, but yeah, that was the best in the league.
1: And uh, and uh, yes, and uh, you can go back and watch the Washington game if you want to see it. And no, no, uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not saying that this is a thing or that's. This is going to I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that to me, that is the one worry. Because beyond that, I think it is the deepest and most Or I will say this. I don't think any NFL team has a deeper or more talented roster than the Saints. I mean, if you took the Saints, the first 11 in snap counts, from last year. The first 11 on offense only two are not back. And if you took the first 11 on defense, only one is not back. That's Alex Okafor. And if you took the, all five of the special teams guys that played the most snaps are all back. You have almost your entire team back. The two guys on offense are, of course, Max Unger, who retired, and Mark Ingram. You have almost your entire team back on a Final Four team. And all those players entering their third year, uh, the third year in the NFL for a lot of people was the asterisk year. That's your magic year. That's when people should really take a major step forward. And for Marcus Williams and Ramchek and Lattimore and Kamara, all those guys are heading into their third year. There's no reason this team shouldn't be better. Um, So, to me, I think the Saints start the year absolutely as a Super Bowl favorite. And the only thing to watch is to make sure Drew Brees continues to be Drew Brees.
2: All right, I got to ask you this before we get out of here cuz training camp is just kicking off and Doug, I don't know if you're ever involved in this, you know, unofficial uh, wager that happens between all of our friends in the media gaggle about a, a dark horse player to make this roster you got one are you part of this oh, you make it a, you make it a prediction I, <laughs> I
1: haven't thought about that at this point i don't write this minute
2: okay all right okay, we'll I'm ask you about that, 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 that next don't. week no no i'll ask you about that next week See well, you're, you're smart yours. oh my see they asked me this early and i said the same thing i was like man do i really have to do this now i haven't really seen him i said a little Jordan Humphrey although I don't know how much of a dark horse he yeah. is considering how much people have talked about him right
1: yeah no right right yeah and that's a, that's a solid choice yeah yeah um. You know who I'd yeah, like shoot. to see, Doug, because I'm, I'm, I'm a tall guy? You, you, know would, what? you would have needed to give me, like, 10 minutes leeway. To come
2: up <laughs> no, with no, you're I'm good. Talking. I'll ask you this next time we talk. I'll tell you this. You know the guy I want to see. You heard of this uh, kid, Corbin Kafusi, who's 6'10 on the defensive line? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> the, well, I, I'll say this, too, though. We looked through a couple of BYU games looking for plays, and there were not a lot of plays yet. <laughs> no, was, I'm just saying oh, tall guys lost. stick together,
2: Doug. Tall yeah, guys stick you, together.
1: Could, you can see the tall guy lost a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, you, so I, I, I'm going to say, look, the Saints would – everybody out there has a shot. So, I, look, I'm not saying the guy can't be a player. I'm just saying I didn't see it on the tape that I looked at.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. It's Doug
1: Mouton at D
2: Muton, WWL Sports Director and Acre on WWL TV Channel 4. Doug, here we go. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'll see you at camp.
1: Anytime, Seth. Okay.
2: All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, more of your calls, talking about the Michael Thomas contract negotiations, 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. Text line's eight seventy eight seventy. It's the last lap on WWL. Michael Thomas needs that money. He's holding out to try to get it. That's the story today. Yeah, he didn't show up to camp. The only Saints player that did not show up for the start of training camp. Seth Dunlap with you on the last lap. Let's head to the phone lines now. Charles in
0: Mandeville.
2: How are you doing tonight, Charles?
0: Hey, 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 Seth. I'm not trying to be a devil's advocate or anything, but if he don't show up for camp, uh, here's my thought. We trade him. We trade him for one number one and number two draft picks. I mean, Sean Payton and Drew Brees helped make him what he is today. I don't know if you agree with that. I do. But helped.
2: I I would say helped, not made, but helped. Yes, I agree with that.
0: Right, help make it right. But if he doesn't, you know, trade him, we can we can get number one and one number one, number two draft picks and stuff because he gets he gets this contract and it comes up again. He's going to get more and stuff. I don't know. I just think.
2: Well, let me ask I you this, Charles. They're and they're I understand. They're I, they're understand. They're I, I
0: they're would, they're
2: you know they're what? They're I, I, yeah, here I, I think I would agree with you in a different scenario. If the Saints were struggling, they were seven and nine, seven and nine, six and ten. They didn't really, weren't really in a championship window. Yeah, I'd say, boy, oh, you're getting a first or a couple first round picks, whatever it is. Probably t- take a look at that trade, uh, Charles. Would you really? And let's be honest, that would scuttle this season. The Saints would not be a Super Bowl contender without Michael Thomas, in my mind, no way, no shape, also in Doug Mouton's mind. Are you taking that risk? You're saying, okay, don't worry about the Super Bowl this year, get the picks?
0: Yeah, I know. I know he's one player, but you know, I know. I know when he was out or something. I know he was. You know, we had other guys that stepped up and caught the uh, football. But I don't know. I did, that was just my thought. Yeah, thought, no, and I, I mean, think it's a great play. I understand that,
2: but yeah, Charles, like, know, you, I think it's it's a great, it's a good call and a good point, And I'm just disagreeing with you on the timing of that. There's a lot of situations that I would completely agree with you. For example, when the Saints got that first round pick for Brandon Cooks a year before he was up for contract, I was like, man, that's a that's a hell of a deal for the Saints I couldn't believe they got that from the Patriots and if it was the same scenario if they were toiling in mediocrity they really had to execute a rebuild to get to championship status or championship contender I'd probably be sitting here on the air talking about well you take this opportunity this year to trade them away and get all the draft picks you can I just don't think that you could do that in a year that might be Drew Brees' last that is your best opportunity, even in the last three years. Even in the last three years, when they've had opportunity or last two years prior to this, they've had opportunities to win the Super Bowl. I still think right now this is their best opportunity. I think most people would agree with that. Charles, that's a very good call. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Here's a text from the 985. Even trade for Odell. No, you don't trade for Odell, Beckham. First of all, that's just a pipe dream. It's not happening. But B, Michael Thomas has been a better player Than Odell Beckham on and off the field. You want Odell Beckham's locker room presence here? I'm not saying Odell's a bad guy. Everybody that I know that I've talked to about Odell, who have known him almost his entire life, say this is a great guy, great kid. Don't pay attention to the stuff you might see on social media and the stories you hear about him. I get that. It's true. He's under a microscope. But Michael Thomas fits here with this team better than Odell Beckham. Text from the 985. Sign Thomas now and trade him when Breeze retires. And to the point of of our caller and also that text, it's a balancing act. It's a huge balancing act between, well, you you got to try to win now, but also if you're a general manager like Mickey Loomis, you got to care about and worry about two, three, four years down the road. You don't want to hamstring yourself with bad contracts like the Saints did in the middle part of this decade. I had a chance to ask Mickey Loomis that. How do you balance those two things? Here's how he responded. It's That was an interesting response, certainly, and I love just to have 30, 45 minutes to sit down and chat with Mickey Loomis about those differences. It's hard to do that in a press conference setting like we were in today. We'll hear more from Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton throughout the show, and when we come back, there's one player that is well, isn't at camp that should not only not be at camp, he should be nowhere near any NFL roster. Yeah, the Saints have their own Tyreek Hill-ish problem. Luckily for them, it's a player who has never suited up, but... Loomis talked about this guy in his press conferences today, and his answer surprised me and a lot of you a little bit. We'll talk about that when we come back on the last lap. We talked a little bit, maybe a lot, about the ugly situations NFL players have gotten themselves into with domestic battery and sexual assault. Tyree killed the latest, and he was not suspended or reprimanded by the NFL, which I certainly think is a mistake, and most people that I've talked to think is a huge mistake. Well, the Saints... They signed a rookie named Carl Granderson, who was under investigation and had been charged with sexual battery when he was at the University of Wyoming. Now, he pled not guilty, but after a plea from the two women who were involved in this were the um, alleged uh, victims of—well, it's not alleged anymore because he was sent to jail, which I'll get to in a second—the victims of Granderson's assault, they pleaded with the judge— Don't accept this plea deal. It's too lenient. Well, the judge agreed with them. Sentenced Granderson to six months in jail for this. One of the women during this trial said, quote, I've never been so terrified in my life. I sat there and looked for my keys because they had pepper spray on them, but they were nowhere to be found. The other woman said she was called a, quote, slut, end quote, by uh, Granderson and other members of the Cowboys football team. I mean, this is ugly. It's really, really ugly. And I'm bringing this up because... Well, Granderson is still technically on the Saints roster. He's been placed on the exempt list, but he's still on the roster. Now, there are some rules in the NFL as this process goes out. When you're on the exempt list, it's it's hard to just outright release the guy. And also, well, it's not as hard as you may think. I'm just saying it's not as easy. Let me put it this way. It's not as easy as you would think. Also, it's not... Easy for a general manager with the rules in the CBA in the NFL, just to come out and talk about a situation like this, when he's on your team, when he's on the exempt list. But he was asked, Mickey Loomis, in this press conference, why is this guy still on your team? Are you going to release him? Is he still going to be on the Saints team when he gets out of jail? After his sentence, and here's how Loomis responded to that. Frankly, he should be nowhere near an NFL or Saints roster. I will tell you this, if Granderson suits up for the saints or is on a practice squad or wherever around this organization, when his sentence is up, I will be on the air saying this is absurd. I'm sorry. It just is with what not just he was accused of, he went to jail for it's absurd. And if I'm going to call out Tyree kill in Kansas city, if I'm going to call out Greg Hardy in Carolina and a lot of other people. Yeah. I'm going to call out when the saints are making a mistake. Now I will say this. I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake yet, but, like I explained there, there's a lot of nuance to how the Saints and Mickey Loomis can actually handle this and talk about this. So I'm not taking a shot at the Saints yet or Mickey Loomis at all. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We'll get to you next hour. Also, Kevin Boilard of 24-7 Sports comes on in to give us an NFC South preview. And we unveil our first NFL Power 12 rankings. The 12 teams I think will make the playoffs. Right now, though, Facebook Live will talk about the Mike Thomas contracts and holdouts.